0: Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up, and search for the Magicians Business Group, and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello, and welcome to the success. (laughs) What was my? (laughs) my (laughs) We can't. We can't do it. Right here we go. I think we should. (laughs) Let's just pause that. (laughs) Just gonna go with it, and if you burst out laughing, this is the one we're keeping in, regardless so full disclosure this is the 20th take of the episode uh, because ashley pulled her face and we've just been giggling hysterically like little children ever since so welcome to episode 18 of the successful mentalist podcast i think we've calmed down a bit now uh in this episode we're going to be teaching you the tips the tricks the tools the methods the strategies and the techniques and the all the other fluff that we teach you to growing your entertainment business and improving your performances uh Today is a really, really interesting episode because we're talking about creativity in your presentations, so before we do that uh let's bring on the, the the face puller himself, the guy that's ruined the first twenty takes of this podcast episode,
1: Ashley Green. I tell you what I've wasted at least twenty minutes of our day. It started by pulling a funny face. I thought it'd be clever. Aiden done the interview uh the uh the beginning of it I pulled a funny face and uh and now 20 minutes down the line, uh, we still haven't recorded the podcast. So anyway, yeah, creativity in new presentations. There we go. I didn't even introduce myself. I did, I literally, I forgot to I forgot to even say who I was. Uh, everyone knows you by now. Everyone knows me by now. I'm Aidan. There you go, job done. There you go. So yeah, this is a super fun um, episode, what we're going to be talking about today. And it's one that we are, like, the, the the whole presentations and how we actually deliver our stuff so that people are interested in not only ourselves... But what we do is something which we are so passionate about and making it different from other performers is something we've spent a lot of time thinking about over the past really year, two years. And even like during the coronavirus pandemic in the UK, like over the past few months, like I know, Ajin you've pretty much scrapped your material and you've written it from the ground up to, to best suit and to make people actually interested in, in your stuff. And, um, and I, I know I've done the same. Like I've changed it around to make it so much more interesting so last week we just kind of done like a deep dive on creativity and especially kind of like looking at tricks and coming up with ideas but now we're actually doing the deep dive on the whole presentations around the tricks so if you haven't already do check out episode 17 which was the episode before uh, before you listen to this episode as you'll probably get a lot more from this once you listen to the last one so yeah where do you start I think it'll be good going from there When you're working on a new presentation and you actually want to focus on getting people's attention straight away and making them care about what you do and care about your performances.
0: Well, I think that's a great question to start with, to be fair. Um, Why should they care? Why should they? Why should your audience care that you can read their mind or why should they care that you can influence their thoughts or hypnotize them or or tell them their middle name? Like, why should they care? because in truth for the most part there isn't really a reason that they should um yeah it's 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 really for me that's one of the first questions that i ask myself when i'm writing my presentations and trying to to fit how i'm going to present something i actually think like how can i make this useful in such a way so that they will they'll appreciate and and, and actually be involved in what it is that i'm sharing so um so we don't get this passive Kind of just watching, they're actually part of the experience. They're part of the mind reading themselves, whether they're being or having their mind read, or whether they're just being a spectator. So that that's really the most important question: Why should they care? And if you can find a way of doing that, then everything like gets easier. So for to give an example to that, rather than just a, a generic question. There is a routine in my show that, um, again, you guys are familiar with if you're frequent listeners to the podcast or or the TSM stuff. Um, I love the witch hand game, which is quite simply um, somebody hides an object or a coin inside one of their hands and I've got to guess where it is. Now, on the face of it, it's a pretty flat, meaningless game. It's literally just a 50-50 guess. So when I ask myself the question of why should they care, there really isn't like, like They shouldn't really. It's like, okay, cool. Magic boy can guess a hand a couple of times in a row. It's great. So my first step in that uh, sort of perspective is to think, right, well, how can I give them an emotional investment? How can I give them? And because I genuinely, I say emotional investment. I think if you're aiming to use people's emotions uh, and bring in emotions into your performances, whether overtly or just covertly, that's when you're going to get that level of interest. So I ask myself, like, how can I get them tied into the routine or give them an emotional tie in? And one of the easiest ways for the witch hand game that I found that was to literally say, H- here's 20 quid. If you if I get it wrong on any one of these three games, the money is yours. And and, and I open it up like that. I put it as like a, a, a gambit, a bet, because then, then they've got this tie. It's like, oh, my God, I could be up for 20 quid here and they actually have that emotional tie in there because it's a game it's a challenge it's a bit of fun and then everybody else tends to be like oh my god like they pick sides and it turns it into this little moment so um again i don't want to talk for too long on, on that but that's just one simple way i find out what it is that your audience can be interested in uh and then find a way of giving you that giving that to them
1: mm. yeah great tips and, um, well, I mean, there's not going to be anyone that's not interested in trying to win a 20 quid. But do you link this in with, like, the psychology you've studied as well? Like, are there any kind of resources you can you can give people straight off the bat, talking about, like, emotion and getting people interested from what you've read?
0: I think just on a, on a flat level surface, like, if you're... The ability to hold a long-term memory... I won't go too deep because, again it's science, it's nerdy, I appreciate that. But the ability to hold a long-term memory can be enhanced based on your sensory experiences. So if you can add in emotions and also um, other, like using multiple senses and bringing a greater awareness to that specific memory, then it's more likely to be stored as a long-term memory. And if you can have that with a positive emotional charge, um, for example, it's a bit of fun. They're all having a laugh in the process. They're gonna store that in their like long term memory, and they're gonna think back to this event. Oh yeah, do you remember that time we played like for twenty quid, like fifty quid, or whatever it is for like with that magician? Oh, I was so so funny. Like if you can do that, um, it it will just help people remember you. Um, and again you can link that in with your character and all of these other things but in terms of like resources if it's something that you're interested in i would advise just simply googling it having a look around at the importance of emotion um and the important how to create a good memory um it's always worth just researching. i couldn't give a specific example off the top of my head but it's definitely
1: something to look into oh yeah yeah Yeah. there's there's loads of stuff that um people can read online about that then but you know what the one thing I want and I want to bring this up kind of near like the beginning of this podcast one thing I hate about a lot of magicians and mentalists is when you, you kind of present this sort of question to them and you say why should people care and they go oh well my my tricks are amazing oh well my my tricks will get people talking and leave lifelong memories and it's like it's so trick-focused nowadays, and I think this is a problem we kind of notice when we set up TSM from the start. Like, no one's thinking deeper. No one's actually thinking about all of the other things. Like, how to actually play with emotion? Like, not just doing what most of them do and saying, oh, well, you know, these tricks connect with people. No, it's like actually looking deeper and, like, looking at the psychology behind it and actually having people interested in you, like because of all that and and, and that that's why I, I don't like a lot of mentalists and magicians performances because it is so trick heavy and and I think and that's why in my experience I've, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say especially older people say oh no I, I don't really like magic and I think that is because the types of magicians they've seen is just trick 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 more tricks more tricks big finale of tricks and it's like there's no substance. There's, there's nothing else there. There's nothing which can really engage, inspire. Well, here's a thought.
0: How many times have you been at a gig only to have the guests at the gig say, oh, yeah, I saw a magician at someone else's wedding, yet they can kind of describe maybe one of the tricks but tell you nothing about the name or the type, like the magician themselves? Exactly. You just, we don't tend to stick in people's memories whereas the trick like we put so much pressure and so much height and importance on the trick that and again it's it's not like a life-shifting trick it's not something that people go away thinking like oh my god this trick has just changed my life kind of thing it's like it's oh cool yeah this guy made a lemon appear in my hand we made my bank note, uh my bank note disappear into a, a lemon or, or oh yeah he, he guessed my pin code like that that's it that's, that's sort of the level um but what i what i kind of want to just bring this to you because you've got some interesting sort of tactics that you use to to get people interested and almost like you like the way you answer the why should people care you kind of it's it just for me my looking at you and watching like the way you perform it's more of a why shouldn't they care because you stack up all of your presentation in such a way that they they have to be emotionally invested. There's no two ways about
1: it. So, are you able to sort of just? Yeah. Well, by the time I approach a group, they want me to perform. Like the asking for people to actually. Well, oh, you could probably hear a plane going past now. Look at that. Recording on a hot day with the windows open. Um, but no, like people, I feel should really want you to perform. By the time you go over to them. And, and, and even down to what you were saying a moment ago, I, I, I want to touch on your previous point first about getting people to actually remember you. When I, um, when I do any performance anywhere, I don't want people going away thinking, ah, oh, that guy was crazy. He guessed my son's name and knew everything about him. I want them to be like, oh my God, Ashley Green is mental. And, and I, I stack everything up in my performances to actually allow that to happen. You know? It, when I, when I introduce myself to people, I use a tactic I used to do when I was working in, in sales. I say, Hi, my name's Ashley, Ashley Green. It gives me an excuse to mention my first name twice. So it's kind of like, Oh, uh, by saying your full name, it gives you that authority figure. And it's, it's just, it's setting up all of these little tactics to help get people to, to remember you. And, and when I perform, I'm so unique compared to really any other magician in my area. I I stand out like a sore thumb and people can't not remember me. So I think that's the important thing is to, I mean, we said it straight off the bat with TSM in our 10 tips to improve your mentalism PDF, mailing list exclusive, www.thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash free. Also download another free book, COVID-19. But that aside, we put that in there from the start. Be someone special. It's the advice that Yuri Geller gave us. People want to talk about someone special. And that is why people go away and talk to me. So that's the first bit, which I always plan. I want people to remember me. And secondly, how do I get people actually interested in what I'm doing before I approach them? And my approach when I'm doing any sort of close-up is I am a massive, massive creep. It's so simple. So simple. But it it really... That is
0: literally the best description of the way Ashley performs right now. It's not even funny.
1: Well, picture this. Imagine that, that you're... uh, you're there, you're at a gig, um, you're not performing, you're just one of the guests. And then this person just kind of stands away from you, stares straight at you. When you turn around to like look at him, he just continues staring. And as soon as someone catches that like, eye contact with me, I pull out a little billet, a little piece of paper, and I draw something on it whilst staring at them. And I smile, and I laugh a bit. And I smile again, and I fold it up. I blow on it. I make a big act. I put it in an envelope. And then I just start writing on the envelope. And at this point, the whole table is like, what the hell is that creep doing? (laughs) Like, what is this? And at that point, they're now interested in what's on that piece of paper. And that means they're interested in me. Because to be able to see that, they now have to ask me to show them. I approach the table and I'm like, can I leave this with you? who's going to say no, I've stared at them for a solid one to three minutes, scribbling stuff down, no one has ever turned me away and said, oh no, I don't want that, they're like, yeah, what the hell is it, and I place it down, and I've got my in straight away, whatever I perform from that moment onwards, I mean, you know, I understand my characters, the tricks flow, the presentations flow with all of that, but that, that first of that in, people now care, people are now emotionally invested people i whenever i do that even if i have the most skeptical people even people that damn damn right hate magicians they they love that because i'm not coming across as a magician i'm not going to be hey guys you want to see a cool card trick i'm just coming across and i'm like can i leave this with you after they've seen me like scribble you know So now there's that intrigue and that mystery and and all of this stacked up. And when I link that into then, you know, what I mentioned a moment ago about saying my name and going from that and then, you know, trying to get people to remember me throughout and try and make it memorable. This all stacks out. So now people are going to go away and be like, we saw this hell of a creep, Ashley Green. Have you seen him? That's what I want.
0: So here's like an intro. We've not spoken about it in this sort of context, but do you think that... Sure. I mean, I, I I would argue that yes, we have to be a little bit obsessive over having good material and good tricks. Like if we can do that, then we're fine. But then do you think once we've got those baseline tricks in place, we should switch from a, a trick mindset immediately to, to almost like an ego-driven mindset. And, and not that we're trying to be big-headed, but we're trying to do everything we possibly can to get ourselves and our characters and our presentations inside of the audience's heads are locked in there do you think that's where the focus should be
1: yeah i think there's a fine line when you say ego i think um you know putting your ego on too much can can really put people off you um you know especially if you come across as this amazing person straight away like that can be quite daunting for like people especially in a close-up situation you might get away with that more on stage, as in like close-up but yeah i i would i would strongly argue like if you haven't already you should be thinking about how in your presentations people can actually go away and start remembering you it and and this isn't this isn't really taught anywhere like we've evolved as magicians to just want the tricks and now from shops we're supplied the tricks and the more important information about the theory is, is, is lost sadly. So like I say, it's something we're trying to bring back with TSM.
0: That's brilliant. I mean, just to quickly touch on something that you mentioned, um, obviously the, the, you're not going at this from a, a, a plate of a, a place of like huge ego, big headedness. You're trying to force yourself into people's like some, something that, uh, some listeners may find useful is looking into what's known as the Johari window. Um, it's a communication model. Um, Literally made up of two people, one called Joe and one called Harry. Joe, Harry, hence the name. Um, but it's it's their model of communication, which in short means you should try and reflect the energy of the group that you're with in order to best communicate with them. So it's a really good communication tool. But also you can apply this into your presentations. In that, sure. You might still want to stare at them like a creep for five minutes before you even walk over but when you walk over if they're like a really big bubbly group then maybe your energy should go up a little bit just to reflect that maybe if it's a really or like shy group you should just t- like tone your tone your character down or maybe not your character but tone your sort of communication down a little bit really enhancing the character and almost personalizing it to every group
1: mm-hmm. Hi guys, it's Ashley here. I just want to quickly interrupt this podcast just to say one little thing. If you do enjoy the podcast that we are currently putting out at the successful mentalist, do us a favor and make sure to subscribe. It will honestly help us out. It will mean the world. It will help with our stats and rankings, which mean that we're then shown to more magicians and mentalists around the world. And we want to try and help as many people as possible with these podcasts. So honestly, if you could subscribe, it would mean the absolute world to us. Anyway back to the podcast
0: so to sort of I I want to get this really specific here so you guys can actually listen and and instantly start thinking and applying some ideas so let's talk about some specific presentational elements that people can actually consider and and start doing straight away so uh, for me uh, one of the most important things that I try and do in my presentations um, again I've alluded to it uh, previously that I, I really love music I, I really think music is um an easy way to access people's emotions um whether they like a piece of music or not that music has an innate emotional connection which if i can bring that into my presentations in some way then i already know that my my performances it, it's going to get it was going to go up it's gonna get, the overall performance level is going to be elevated because it adds that extra dimension it, it brings something else into the mix so um, you don't necessarily need to use it as reveals like in the way I do, but instead you could just have it playing in the background just as a little bit of flesh. It just gives a little bit more depth to your mind-reading routine, if you like. Um, but another another approach is to to try and turn whatever it is that you're doing into a visual spectacle. And what I mean by that is that mentalism, for the most part, is very linear and there's not a lot to look at. It's very much thought think over someone's thinking of thought over there. And now it travels and suddenly, or it doesn't even travel like it, now, you know what that is. That's like it. That's the level we're at. No one can really see anything other than you turning around a whiteboard or a notepad or something. So instead turn it into a visual spectacle get people involved, get people physically moving around. Like one of the things that I'm playing with and I'm absolutely loving at the minute is getting in the audience, getting people in the audience, moving my audience. And again, that doesn't just go for stage work, do it up close, up close. If you can create this sort of atmosphere and get people standing up at tables and and, which I know a lot of other performers um, actually do standing up at banquet tables and, and doing work on, like performing like that and bringing people to different elements of the room and bringing like i know you bring groups together actually mold this to your uh, to, to your own sort of space and your own sort of what we should be doing is we should be striving for our own theatrical output and i know that sounds wordy but we want our presentations to be the best so whatever you have in your head however you want this trick to look however you want this routine to look however you want to be remembered just do it and i think As a slight side note, we're in a golden opportunity right now that we can test anything we like, literally anything. We can do it. And if it doesn't go well, if it doesn't land, if it really doesn't play well, we blame COVID. We say, uh, like, we can move people across the room. You can literally, if if people ask questions, you just say, oh, you just, you know, social distance or whatever. You can use, just use this pandemic. Like, it's probably one of the best things hidden in one amongst one of the worst things like the world has had and especially for glad you finished that
1: sentence there. <laughs>
0: yeah i did like please don't cut this audio anybody at home um, but you get the idea we can test and just whatever you have in your head try and make it a visual spectacle make it look good maybe not necessarily with props but if you can if you want props sure but just try and find a way to make it look good and move like play with that make it look and and sound good like i said earlier if you could bring multiple senses in it's more likely to be remembered in the like the eyes and the ears and the memory of your audience so if you can have a bit of music playing in the background or you can play with sounds whilst you're moving like you've put people in a slightly weird physical position um i i don't know maybe you want to do something with smells i i don't know just try and find these other ways to add extra dimensions and make it a make it a theatrical piece even if you're just revealing somebody's pin code.
1: Yeah. You know, I I always think it's great to look at what magicians are doing and just try and do the opposite. Just try and stand out. And And the point you make there as well about how you want people to remember you, I, I think that's probably the, the baseline start of, of this kind of creative process with your presentations. Write down on the piece of paper what do you want people to remember you by and then everything else that follows should directly benefit that key point at the top. And that will help kind of refine the whole process. And I think that is a real golden piece of advice there.
0: Well, it's actually what I do in my, in my stage work. Like, I, again, I know that I've spoken to you about this and maybe a couple of other people. But um, again, I've been rewriting my stage show and I've got kind of a new process to writing my shows. And actually adding the tricks, that's the fifth of eight steps the tricks are almost the last thing to actually come into my shows. Uh, And earlier on is, is that thinking of what do I want out of the whole show and what do I want out of each routine, whether I know what the tricks are or not. So again, that's just, that's a really important thing to think about. Um, and, And you're right, get that at the top and then just make sure that your tricks go towards that point. Your scripts go towards that point. Your presentations go towards that point. Just try and think of what it is that you want the most and align everything to that. And, and, Again, you'll be remembered if you can do that.
1: That's yeah, uh, absolutely brilliant piece of advice there. I think that's yeah, gold. And the the other thing that I want to talk about as well is obviously I've I've mentioned that I want people going away and actually remembering Ashley Green, the mind reader. Is there is there anything else that you do in your performances to make sure people remember you as Aidan the Wizard or Aidan O'Sullivan the mind reader? Is there any like, other tips that like you whack in there?
0: So, yeah, again, I again, we've spoken about it before, so I won't spend long on it. Now, I when I approach groups, I approach with a deck of cards to make people think I'm a magician. And I say that I'm a kind of magician um, and people ask, oh, what do you mean kind of? And it gets a laugh. It says, well, actually, I'm I'm a wizard. Or, well, actually, I read people's minds and I, I just turn it into a joke at the end. Like if I write down a reveal on a business card, I will hand it to them. Uh, sometimes people will make the organic joke and say oh my god you're literally a wizard and i literally play on that i'm like yeah i know i literally am a wizard pull out a business card it almost looks like an added hit for them um but again it's just just tell people at the end it's just like well, that's that's just say that like, if you want to be overt just say that something along the lines of uh and that's that's the kind of that's, that's the kind of stuff that i do i i love this stuff um uh my name is like just just i don't know just for me, it's really hard because I play it situationally, and it's very much in in the moment. But I try and just throw it, throw your name out there, and just just be a, like a real, genuine person to other people, and they you'll get it in return. That's it's just the way it works,
1: for the most part. Oh yeah. That's absolute gold. Wow, yeah. it's talk to people.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure that's gold, uh, but if that's well, gold, then yeah. take it and run.
1: No, I, I, to be honest, I, I think it is like actually being, being a person, like there are performers out there who, who just, I would argue and they're not themselves. They're not people They're for a
0: job. They're there for a job to do a job yes. and that's it. And, and, and I don't know, it depends on what your artistic vision is of, of magic and mentalism and the mystery arts, whatever it is, whatever your vision is for it. I think that's really, that's a really important point actually. And I know this is slightly off topic from creativity and presentations, but, it depends how you see it, because if you see it as your work, this is your sole income, this is your job, then chances are you're going to neglect the overall product because you're just there, you're hustling to do the job and you're going there where actually you want to be Thinking a little bit deeper, think about the your presentations, try and be a little bit more creative and again, we mentioned it in the last episode. Just write everything down and spend time talking to other people. Find out what you like about other people's performances, find out what they like about yours, and just just get feedback from your audience as well that's another another piece, but I'm conscious that yeah, this episode we had planned to talk about creativity and presentations, and it we've we've spoken about a load of different things, so hopefully there's
1: actually been some form of useful knowledge in there for 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 listeners um and if you have any questions on any of this or any parts of mentalism magic your own business you can always drop us a question at absolutely any point we'll be happy to chat with you individually i mean we've set up our coaching calls on our website the successful mentalist.com forward slash coaching um or if you drop us a question we can answer it on the sunday live streams Uh, but make sure you stay tuned for next week's episode of the podcast because it's a fun one we're talking about being creative now, but in your business and marketing. Very interesting topic there. Uh, so unless Aidan's got anything else to add? Nope, just go and think and be creative. Go think and remember. What do you want people to remember you for? Is is that. The irony.
0: The absolute irony. <laughs> what do you want people to, rem- to what, what was remember? Remember what, what you want people to the, remember. I forgot on the line about remembering. Jeez, it's all awesome. blimey. But there you go
1: there we are well as always guys if you did enjoy this podcast make sure to leave a little review it really does help us out it's great to see your feedback and it also helps other people out as well when they're deciding on the next new podcast to listen to so honestly if you enjoy this just spend the extra two to three seconds leaving a little review at the end and we'll see you next week for episode 19 where we talk about business and marketing but being creative in those we'll see you soon